like some kind of conditions when we were in a very dry period, uh, they've proven that like psilocybin mushrooms would grow in animal feces. Mm-hmm. And this was a time when like our hunter get hunter gatherer ancestors transitioned from being like less gatherers and more hunters because the, the ecosystem was like more barren. And so, you know, they'd be tracking these animals, they'd be tracking their droppings and all of that. And the idea is that they'd find, you know, these mushrooms, they take them and, you know, have, have an insane experience. Uh, and I should mention like, uh, hunter-gatherer ancestors, I guess more of like hunter-gatherer ancestors before we grew the prefrontal cortex, like the last part. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that's what it all has to do with, like the the final part of our brain, the like intellectual abstract part, the prefrontal cortex, that was the last part and it happened really fast in our evolution. Uh, Like it's still kind of a mystery. I think they call it the cognitive revolution, maybe something like that. Um, but, and so, yeah, that was uh, Terrence McKenna. He was like, well, it's, it's obviously because of mushrooms. <laughs> That's why we <laughs> sprouted the best part of our brain or <laughs> whatever. But I mean, I don't know, like it's, it's a fascinating idea. Like, uh, it, it's amazing to think about, but could it ever, I don't, I don't think it could ever be proven. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to like, I don't know. That's what, I'm just trying to not fall into a trap of what if that theory was made up from really stoned people? Like I'm always at this constant battle of like do mushrooms, psychedelics and like marijuana, which isn't necessarily psychedelic, but can be if you ingest it like by eating it and like a large dose sometimes can be. Are all the theories that are coming out now that have to do with psychedelics basically being a part of human, like, whatever our souls are, you know, if you want to talk about DMT or, like, whatever. I'm always in a constant pool of, like, is that really real or is it just, like, these theories people come up with when they're super high off of these things, like, since the 60s or 50s? (laughs) I mean, yes, yes and no, because like, yes, obviously we, we have been, I don't know, making up these stories and kind of over-exaggerating our experiences on these substances since they got popular in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Also, like in, in history, in like all sorts of cultures, there's traditions of using different plant medicines, Yeah, basically psychedelic compounds. And they have very grandiose stories about them also, like that, you know, that are, that are out of this world basically. And so, you know, I think that science, science doesn't answer these questions. Like all of science is focused on the physical and on matter, but like consciousness and like the internal experience, uh, like that's, we, we're kind of left with nothing in, in that regard, except for religion. And then when you interact with these compounds and it's extremely spiritual and out of this world and you come out of that and you're like, well, how am I supposed to like, it's not that I'm denying science, but it's like, that's, that exists. 
Yeah. That exi- why does that exist? Like, yeah, yeah. Why in our, you know, we're, like world that came from the Big Bang and like that we can perfectly explain away and track on time. Like, why? Why is that there? Yeah. <laughs> like, that yeah. seems like Easter egg or something from God, like a glitch. Yeah. Yeah, I agree that it, once I've figured, I've been I've been fascinated with psychedelics since high school around maybe a little bit before i don't know whenever i figured out what weed was i pretty much figured out what everything else was type of deal and i hadn't done psychedelics i don't know if i should say that (laughs) do i need to edit this (laughs) does that matter (laughs) i have no idea (laughs) Uh, i mean the the government's not watching our podcast that's that's true i mean i hope not till we start talking about bitcoin oh shit we'll bleep that we'll bleep that part out yeah um i'll get the tin foil tin four on the tin foil anyways we uh what was i talking about (laughs) oh yeah i hadn't I hadn't done psychedelics in high school, but I was interested in them, is what I'll yeah. say. And uh, a lot of years of just reading Reddit or things similar to Reddit on the internet, anything I could get my hands on about them. And I didn't really know about Terrence McKenna at all until recently. Like, there's a lot of like big name psychedelic people I didn't know about um but uh i've always been interested in peyote and psilocybin and uh acid but i mean acid acid less than the other two because it doesn't seem as natural um but two for three so far (laughs) so (laughs) yeah i mean there's something about the subject. It's just, it's so, it's so, it's uh, interesting and like mysterious and controversial. It's, it makes so much sense that it was basically big on the internet, or I feel like a lot, a lot, it grew in popularity on the internet, like Reddit, YouTube, just like all this information about it. Everyone wanted to know about it. And it, and also it's the exact type of thing that, uh, was kind of censored from the media and just the entire military industrial media complex. Like, you know, like psychedelics were, you know, there was, there was a ton of research happening, 50s, 60s, 70s, and it was promising and new and interesting. Yeah. Military and it used it. Yeah. Government used it. Yeah, uh, freaking, uh, what do they call it? And MK Ultra. Yeah, yeah. There's actually yeah. a movie, uh, Jacob's Ladder. Oh, so um, I didn't know that's what that was about. That's what that movie's about. It's about Vietnam soldiers being tested on with LSD, and them like, well, I'm not gonna spoil it, but that's what it's about. Yeah. I, I'm like, I'm ninety percent sure that's what it's about. Yeah, I mean they they tried, they tried to like see if they could program people with this yeah stuff. and then they found out like oh no it just it just like has them pierce through the illusion of self and 
fall into infinite love and consciousness. So let's make it illegal. <laughs> like yeah. that's not good. We don't need that. Happening. <laughs> like we thought it would control them and make them into psych- psychopaths and murderers, but no. So it's not good. There's a. I let me grab something real quick. I'm gonna go off camera for a second, and uh, yeah. some books that I've been, a book that I've been reading that's about peyote. Let me grab oh, it real quick. Yeah, I've only. Uh, I'm just gonna keep on talking because you're gone. I've only read the book uh, "How to Change Your Mind" by Michael Pollan. That's a good one about psychedelics, about the history of psychedelics. Josh, have you read uh, or what? have you heard of uh, "How to Change Your Mind" by Michael Pollan? Uh huh. Okay, yeah, that's that's like the kind of the one book I've read on the subject, but talks about the history and stuff. He, it's the guy who wrote uh, "In Defense of Food." Oh, okay. Read. Kind of like a big nutrition biology author, I guess. But. Okay. Cool. Um. This book, I don't really, I didn't really know much about it when I bought it. I bought it at half price books in the um, metaphysical section, because <laughs> that's nice. pretty much the only section I visit at half price <laughs> books off of. I'm not gonna say where it's at, but uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much all I get. Um, it's called the Teachings of Don Juan. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. How do you pronounce? Y A Q U I, Yaki, Yakui. Y A Q. I'm looking it up. Yakui. Yakui. Yeah. Uh, the teaching of Don Juan, a Yakui way of knowledge. That's what it looks like. I mean, it's in reverse, That's but cool uh, it's part of five books <laughs> of uh, Carlos. Uh, Castaneda. There's a couple more. They seem pretty old, but uh, the first one so far, I'm almost done with it, is about pretty much like uh, it's half fiction, half based off of events of a man visiting a shaman uh, that was like Native American. Um, but like close to the border of like uh modern day u.s and mexico mm-hmm. and it just talks about kind of like with peyote it's so different than psilocybin and acid because it's usually only for like specific members of a tribe um of like native american descent mm-hmm. is what i've read at least and the impression I'm getting most of the time. So that's kind of what's prohibited me from even wanting to delve into it. But yeah. then at the same time, I'm like, I don't know if I believe in that, but I also don't want to be disrespectful. So it's like hard to like, it's hard to really gauge. Like, I don't want to just be like some like druggy sounding person. It's like, man, I really want to do peyote so fucking bad. <laughs> like, yeah. Go trip in the desert. <laughs> Like, but I've always been, I, that's why I've got these books. Cause I've been interested in it for a while. Figured that'd be a pretty good, uh, perception of what it might be like. Yeah. I, I knew, I knew a guy, 
I used to work with who uh, I don't remember what tribe he was in, but it, it was a tribe where they still did peyote ceremonies and like the certain ceremonies are or, or certain psychedelic substances are allowed because they are a part of the uh, basically freedom of, of religion, like freedom to practice or like transitioning into like adulthood ceremony type thing. At least I think some of them are. That yeah. I, in, like... I think a lot of, a lot of them are like, yeah. Like when you're Let's look at 13 it. or 14 or something like that. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure it's different across different tribes, but yeah, definitely. But either way, yeah, it's, it's like legal here. So this guy I used to work with, he was like, yeah, I got to do it. Like I did it here in Oklahoma like with my family. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he had nothing but good things to report, but he didn't really tell me much about like detail. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure it was a lot, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's how you'd want to do that stuff. Like with your family, like people you love and trust and, yeah. and also like with intentions, like into intentions for, to make it meaningful to take something from it you know become a new person or yeah and like all of all the almost all the psychedelic usage we see across cultures is stuff like that like really deep pursuits and i don't know kind of noble noble traditions i guess yeah sorry got uh, distracted by the feline yeah, I, I, <laughs> I forgot about that <laughs> yeah um, I, I had to shut out Wilson <laughs> kept on meowing yeah that's kind of what's uh, prohibited me from ever really wanting to delve into peyote further is yeah that I wouldn't say fear I just don't want to like I don't know I don't want none of that if it's like not for me you know in some way I don't even understand. I'm willing to like just accept it and move on. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh I I just really I wanna try DMT really really bad. Yeah, I mean I've been I've been kinda just waiting for the right time. You know? I've never really like rushed those type of things. Yeah, yeah. Like can. like I said, when I learned about it in high school, I hadn't like officially tripped till about five or six years later, maybe seven. Like, so that's what I think is important about those substances that people don't talk about enough. And I'm kind of glad that the the whole culture of like, oh, you got to do a shit ton in order to like. Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Or or you're you're like a pussy or something. Like, you have to, like, you have to, I don't know. I feel like when I was a kid, at least, it was always about how much could you do. Yeah. And it's, like, it's it's good to see that that's, at least I think that's finally going away. It probably isn't. It probably never will. But See, that's an American kind of. I don't know. It seems like I don't know if it's an American bad. thing though, because there's some Over. Russians I see that are fucking drinking or doing other shit that is like off the rails. <laughs> I've seen some videos, man. <laughs> we we all watch the, the <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
They're, they're badass. They're badass. I admit it. But, I mean... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I uh, I don't even know what I was saying. I lost my train of thought. Yeah, me too. I totally forgot what I was <laughs> Okay, let, let me tell you this, though. This is something I've thought about. Like, you have a cat, so you know this. Yeah. I have my son, Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Your cat's like, son, Wilson. Yes, my, my cat's son, Wilson. And I don't know. So, so first of all, I'd be thinking about how the, the Egyptians used to worship these animals and like what they saw in them and how they just, I don't know, put them on altars and worship them and gave them gifts. Like there's something special about cats or something unique. Mm-hmm. Like if you really pay attention, the way, the way that they move and the way that they interact with the world, like there's something off kilter. There's, you can't see like when you're watching a dog, like you can see the dog's intentions just like in its body and the way that it moves, emotes, where it goes, you, you know, where it's smelling. And but cats are just they're they're off the map. They're like completely unpredictable sometimes. And, you know, I, I, I know that all cats do this. I see Wilson do this. He'll he'll be you know, I'll be scratching his head or something. He'll be really into it and he'll just stop and he'll just look at nothing, like look at the wall mm-hmm. and just stare at it at nothing, nothing insignificant sound. There wasn't anything. And he'll just stare at it with such intensity as if he's seeing God and then he'll just like run away <laughs> or he'll do that. And he'll just like turn away like nothing happened. Yeah. And I don't know. There's just these little quirks it just makes you think like, like are they are they on the juice? Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> are they tapped in? I don't know, man. Are they tapped in? Are they seeing what we're trying to see? I've never thought this in my life, but when you started talking about Egyptians and cats, my first thought was, "Wow, those pyramids must have smelled like shit," because <laughs> they had no fucking litter, man. <laughs> That was my first thought. That's what I was thinking. And then I was thinking if they were they got had the sand. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's true. That's where it came from. (laughs) That's where it came from. Um but yeah, I mean I don't know, yeah. Can they see another dimension or are they just like crazy? I think my cat is not smart at all. Personally. I'm not saying your cat isn't, because your Wilson is probably extremely smart. But uh, my cat is definitely scared of uh, a balloon <laughs> and um, <laughs> a couple of other things <laughs> that are like pieces of paper and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Maybe they can perceive something we can't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's just, that's, I've, I've always, or, or since I've had Wilson, I've really, really had that feeling. But I mean, either way, like even it's probably not true, but like either way, like cats are amazing. There's yeah, there's just something something about them that's deeply mysterious. Like it makes sense why they are worshipped to me. I don't know. I think it's because they're predators, but they're also prey in a sense that they're like, but they can also be cuddly. Well, like I they, think they just like resemble. Submit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when they want to. So, like, maybe the cats were bigger there. 
Yeah. Like maybe they were just bigger and scarier. So then the fact that they would submit to the Egyptians, they were like, oh, fuck. We got to worship this thing or it's going to bite my head off. I don't know. Tiger King. <laughs> they, would, they, would mummi- they would mummify Tiger. Yeah. They found, no, not tigers. Lions. Lions. Oh, shit. Maybe, maybe tigers as well, but. Well, maybe yeah, that's the bug mummified. that got. Yeah, maybe that's the bug that got Oklahoma's finest, dude. <laughs> maybe that's what happened to the Egyptians was Tiger King. <laughs> it's all for full circle now, dude. <laughs> I mean, he's he saw what they saw. He did, and so so does everyone in that market. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine though that you're sleeping in a room and a tiger's doing that exact thing that Wilson was doing. You're just talking to him to your big tiger. You're like, oh hey, uh, Philip, and you're just petting its ear, and then it just quickly turns around and looks at something right behind you that doesn't exist and it looks like it's about to eat you (laughs) yeah like i would take it more seriously i don't i don't know why but i would believe it more than i believe wilson that is true and it would just scare me (laughs) the bigger the cat the bigger the monster that exists that you can't see that's true (laughs) you know like i don't know i either way like different animals they have different creatures like they have different perceptions of reality like whatever if if what we consider to be consciousness that you know our moment to moment experience of being alive like if if animals have that which i think they do you know like if you're a bat what is that consciousness like i mean the to echolocate to have to have radar uh or if you're, because it's all yeah, based. You know, how far down does it go? Of course, that's a, that's the classic question too. Yeah, it's all based on survival. So, yeah. whatever you do to survive is just kind of programmed in, in you, no matter what species. Mm-hmm. And so, do you think that's why, like, maybe some people who. That's I mean, I guess personally, that's why I think psychedelics are important because they can help reset uh already existing programs that are in your head maybe and like maybe that's what i've often thought maybe that's what a bad trip is is like you yourself your body your subconscious is panicking at the fact that there's a substance inside of your body that is changing your perception and your like legitimate reaction is I'm going to think that there's a hundred crazy ass scenarios going on other than what's actually going on right now, which is I took a substance that is making everything flip upside down right in front of my very eyes. And I've only thought of it that way because I've never experienced like a bad trip. You know, I've never had a bad experience. And I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, like people have bad trips when they have an ego death. But some people yeah. are looking for the ego death. And yeah. I, I feel like that's what you're describing is like, there's some, and you know, maybe it's like a, a pattern that that you're confronting, or maybe it's just some aspect of yourself that normally you, you can't see because it's just so like you have so much cognitive dissonance or something and then 
you take the substance and suddenly you see yourself with just like all, all that raw truth and it's just overwhelming and, and it's painful. And maybe like a part of your brain knows that, but you're, you're in the mix of everything. So it just comes out in images and scary clowns and whatever appears in, in, you know, in your vision, whenever you're tripping out. But uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, one thing we've, one thing we've learned about how psychedelics affect your brain is uh, basically you would think you would think with with all the stuff that happens whenever you take a strong psychedelic you know dosage you would think all of the the lights and the craziness that you see you'd think that if you scan someone's brain and they took LSD you would imagine that you know there'd be fireworks going on like it would be you know shit would be lighting off but actually the opposite happens um this there's this network in your brain called the default mode network. Uh, it's it's not one area in particular, but it's necessarily just like it, a few different areas kind of communicating with each other and sending information back and forth. And what happens when you take something like LSD is this network just turns off. Like that, that's what happens. So more your brain goes black or, mm. or part of it goes dark. Like yeah. from that from the perspective of the scientists who are studying to see where the electrical signals are firing off. So, so, you know, that's something about that is even, even uh, more terrifying, exciting, mysterious. Like it's not the substance. It's not the compound. It's like mm. in that darkness, you know, that from your subconscious, this is where everything is coming from. Um, and, and interestingly enough, when, seasoned veteran meditators who have been meditating their whole life when they study them in the brain scan when they get into a deep meditation the same thing happens default mode network turns off and of course you know what they say they're like oh yeah it's ultimate bliss ultimate peace I could do this all day <laughs> and I do <laughs> and like no wonder like if that's the if they're really having that experience or some version of it like you know, that's what, that's what everyone's trying to get. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's the mind, the mind is chilling with, I the guess, what? It, the mind is chilling with the mind. So like, oh, yeah. like with what you're saying, like, you know, it's not the substance coming from the outside that's changing something. So it's you kind of wrestling with yourself. In yeah. So I, I think, I think it does kind of make sense that, you know, like if that, if that battle in your head isn't going well or if something terrible or, or tra traumatic is uncovered, it could manifest itself in, you know, that kind of bad trip experience. But like you, I've never had, I've never had a bad trip. I yeah, that was my next question. If you ever had one or if you've ever like seen anything actually crazy, because like I always hear that. I always hear I've always heard stories growing up and I was almost terrified of psychedelics. That's why I was so interested in them. And everyone yeah. just be like, I saw a monkey running across the woods and then I there was like a giraffe in my shower and like just like dumb dumb shit and I would always be scared. And then when I finally took it, I'd never have seen anything. Like 
or heard no, anything. You didn't, you didn't hallucinate anything. I hallucinated, but I didn't. I didn't like come up with like whole ass characters, like patterns. Hallucinated definitely patterns. Yeah. Like it wasn't that they even looked weird. They were like flowing with each other. Is that doesn't make sense? But like it was just like I don't know, wavy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know something that sounds trippy. Basically. I don't know. Have you ever seen anything that you're like, that's not real? Not, not like in physical space. I mean, I mean, really, we're both kind of noobs in, in the grand scheme of things. I'm sure someone who is more seasoned would just tell us like, oh, you haven't taken enough <laughs> or like. That's true. If you're a psychonaut, if you're a psychonaut, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're trying to have you on. Come school us. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing. I, mean, I haven't seen anything like in physical space that like appeared there wasn't. It's kind of just like you were saying, like things would be in motion, like, things would be moving, things would be changing. And of course, I'd see stuff in my head because um, I've I've done like a few sessions, basically just like in the dark, uh, with my eyes closed. But yeah, I mean, nothing nothing out in the real world that's uh that's where it's fun but uh i wouldn't recommend doing it all the time um, yeah microdosing in public's pretty pretty crazy um playing music when you're pretty much on the verge of tripping is very terrifying yeah i don't uh, know like, uh, <laughs> live music. i already sweat so much I'm just like gosh Dude, yeah 1 a.m. in a house in Illinois. Uh, yeah, it was... I can't remember how many shrooms I ate, but I did eat them. And, yeah. I think there were like 20 or 30 people in there. Maybe not 30. That's ex a little exaggerated. But it was for a fest. But it was at the end of the fest, the last day, 1 a.m. Basically the last band to play the whole entire fest. So it was like all the true freaks that were still like drunk and going to be drunk the next day were there. <laughs> That's pretty much who that, yeah. that show was for. <laughs> now that I, <laughs> now that I look back on it. Yeah. Were the other people on mushrooms? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but in public is interesting. First time I did it, I saw Deadpool and that was a better movie on oh. substances <laughs> than it was sober. <laughs> I watched it sober, and I was like, this is not funny. But when I saw it in theater, I was that guy laughing out loud. I bet you people thought I was a huge, like, Deadpool fan. <laughs> and I had no idea like who the... every dumb joke. Yeah, I was. I was like, holy shit, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. He's so red. <laughs> I thought you said I saw a Deadpool at first. Oh, no. And then I was like, I was wondering what that was. And then I was like, oh, that sounds cool. That sounds <laughs> no. Cool. No. Definitely the movie. Um, yeah. That movie was great. I should do that again, but eat mushrooms again and watch it. Maybe that's what how you should watch every Marvel movie. Every, like, superhero movie should just be fueled with a fucking eighth of mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... I'm going to, we, we got to go, I, I want to tell you about something. We, 
we're gonna have okay. to go deeper on this okay. in another episode but yeah yeah just to touch the surface kind of so you're talking about this earlier like uh like when you're talking about the consciousness of animals you're saying that like they're just trying to survive like they're yeah. attuned to survive yeah, right? yeah okay so they've proven in these studies basically they can run evolutionary simulations so they can create a simulated type of environment with different you know different parameters different risks and they can put simulated creatures in these environments and just run the simulation a thousand times and see see what happens and stuff like that um and they have there's all different versions of these some are very simple some are more complex but basically they discovered uh, through a series of these uh simulations particularly there's this um there's this neuroscientist named Donald Hoffman. He studies like perception and vision mm-hmm. in the in the brain. Mm-hmm. And what they discovered is that uh creatures that see creatures that do not see reality uh outlast creatures that do. Or put more put more specifically creatures that exclusively see fitness gains so evolutionary fitness gains and versus creatures who see reality just raw reality the creatures who just see fitness gains they outcompete them every time hmm. and and it's already been proven that like the the perception that we take in you know like it gets flipped upside down in our head and all these different things kind of come together and kind of the more that we've discovered about vision and how it gets processed in our head, like we've realized that so much of the information, like we get 1% of the information that comes into our consciousness and so much of it just like slips past. And so he has this theory that basically we, um, and that all creatures are just so narrowly attuned to seeing fitness gains that we have a completely fabricated reality and that actually like this fabricated reality though it correlates to the real world because because the fitness gains are real you know if you're tracking down an animal that's yeah. a fitness gain i have to be tracking some kind of reality yeah but you know if i'm staring up at the sky and the pretty clouds and or really anything else like the whole overlay of reality could be totally different mm-hmm. and and yeah like so that's just kind of his idea. And so it makes you think like, okay, wow, what if, what if we are really seeing the bare minimum or some just like a minimum amount of, of the real world, kind of just what we're had to see to be hunter gatherers in, in our history. And, and it makes you think like the psychedelics, like, okay, a part of our brain is turning off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's just like pulling back you know, the, and a cert- the Truman show and, and yeah, like showing yeah. us a little bit of taste of like the real kind of complexity and richness that we live in. What um, do you think, what do you think prohibits people from uh, delving into that even further? Do you think it, because what my, I guess, well, yeah, I'll ask that, but I think I kind of have a, I have an answer too to that question. 
I don't know. Do you uh, with, with with Donald Hoffman's stuff specifically? Well, yeah, just saying like, what do you think prohibits? Yeah, I mean, what do you think prohibits his view, like the ability for humanity to explore that more? Yeah. So for, for one, he, he's kind of just coming forward recently with these ideas, which is why I've heard about him. Mm-hmm. And, and really, he has a whole. I've only kind of talked about a small part of it, but that's kind of the the way into the door of his ideas is to realize that like evolution set us up to see exactly what gets us to eat and procreate and survive. Um, and I, I think yeah, maybe and, religion, and, and then, religion, maybe, what? maybe religion is like a, a factor that plays in, not being allowed to push to research that more. I don't know. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, people, people had similar ideas, like ideas about consciousness being more fundamental in the universe or, or kind of, you know, that when we take psychedelics, like we're connecting to reality or we're connecting to something more true. Like those, those are definitely ideas that have been explored and talked about, but mostly mostly by philosophers or mostly by people kind of just, you know, thinking about it. It's so hard to bring, to start to bring science um, into that. Mm. And yeah, the people that tried to, they all got shut down. And even now, I mean, if you have these kind of ideas that question, you know, decades of, of science and decades of evidence and, all this stuff, like just basically that challenges people's model of the world. You know, you won't get funding for your, to do your research or whatever. You won't get the, the positions that you need. Cause you know, academia, it's kind of like a hierarchy. In life, yeah. So yeah. it doesn't incentivize people to explore ideas that are super far out there. Yeah. I feel like it has something to do for, I th- there's always a subconscious bottom battle that I'm having from being conditioned to believe in like heaven and hell and good and uh, bad spirits and you know have a tendency my brain lays like towards that rationality for some reason like I wonder if that's ever been like a uh, detriment to that or like how do you do you buy into the theory of like there's evil spirits or like an evil entity that we can't perceive that's like on an in-between plane of like here and whatever god and the devil may or may not be that like is playing or having a role in like either tempting or encouraging us to use these uh, substances to either make us fall further or grow higher? I guess that's a loaded question, but <laughs> that's kind of where my head's at right now yeah. or my head's always been at. I and, mean, I, like you, I was raised to, to think of things in terms of like God and the devil and angels and demons and things like these. And that, you know, I was told from a young age that, and you were told the same thing. I'm sure that like there's a spirit, there's spiritual warfare happening all around yeah. us. 
Yeah. And you get that ingrained in your head when you're a kid that like, oh yeah, I've guardian angel and like, you know, demons are trying to get at me and sometimes they do. And when I do, I masturbate, but (laughs) then Jesus forgives me. And you just kind of, I don't know, you just kind of get used to these ideas. Like, like there's, there's angel or there's demons tempting me and then angels protecting me. Yeah. And like, I don't know, like it's a, it's an ancient, it's an ancient idea that, that there are entities um, it's probably why people feel hopeless sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you again no but no that's probably why so many people feel hopeless against like, like well no like hopeless against their own desires that yeah could be unhealthy for them but the only way they're able to ration like rationally think about it is well it's a fucking demon so i must be possessed as well i guess like <laughs> i feel like that's so it doesn't instill any type of like will to fight you know unhealthy habits off or like yeah it's basically like you just have to rely on this angel like not saying it doesn't exist but like fuck i feel like if yeah i don't know i feel like if i would have listened to that longer that's what i would have felt like now like way more hopeless against the trials that every human faces whether they're physical or like mental yeah well some different believers or like different christians some of them are believe in predestination some will believe free will so that's that's kind of what you're talking about like in the end do you have the will and it's just that you're tempted and you know jesus was tempted uh like in the desert yeah but he he was he was able to resist. Is that because he was Jesus? Yeah, right. Kind of seems like it. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think that I guess all I'll say is I think there's something timeless about the idea. Like I put a lot of weight in things that have been around for a really long time and have stuck around, and especially if they've been in in multiple cultures. And kind of just the idea of like entities, whether good or evil, interacting with people and influencing people. Like that's something that emerges across like all cultures, across history. And so, you know, it's if, if you're kind of being a, a materialist, you would say, well, that's just our mind kind of playing with ourselves. We're telling ourselves stories and, you know, just basically hallucinating, making things up in our head. And that, that makes a lot of sense. It's probably true, but hmm. you know, there's, you, you think, you think about it sometimes, like you wonder, or just even like spirits, you know, do we have a spirit? Are there other people's spirits around? And like, yeah. <laughs> it sends you down a thousand rabbit holes, but I, I, I will tell you this one, one, one force, one demon that, that does exist is is for me is, is entropy like the the law and physics are really by that i mean like the put the constant push for progress mm-hmm. and for like chaos and for complexity in the universe and you think about what made the first what made those, those cells self-replicate and then iterate on themselves and evolve you know like what made the split for the first time like 
why does nature do this? Why doesn't nature just accumulate, you know, like the planets are created and, and you have different chemicals, different gases. It, well, why doesn't it all just accumulate in a sludge? Like, why does it yeah. come alive and, and, and push out and replicate? Like, what is it? I've always thought about, like, as something. And, and we have it in us, like, smaller scale. Like, we want to change and evolve ourselves. And, like, it's a process of, like, death and chaos. It's like we're killing what's old and we're creating something that's more new and more complex. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, if there's any kind of force that's really influencing humans and nature like everyone everything it's just like that it's like that entropy uh kind of forcing us all down the same single path to the heat death of the universe <laughs> i really wish there was some type of uh education that was funded by the government that encourages thoughts like this that aren't tying themselves to a theory that we're trying to say is correct or not it's just yeah. like completely like just trying to make sense of it all. I feel like there's too many nowadays there's too many people that are just like well that are just saying like, Well, this is reality. This is exactly what it is. We've proven it. Dumb life. Yeah, like we've proven it or I have faith that it's this way or this or that. Like it's never it can never be it's always so fucking dividing. It's just like, I don't get it. I don't understand. And I know that sounds super hippie-ish, but I mean, I probably won't change my... That's always been my thought process about it, as long as I can remember. Um, yeah, I don't understand why. I don't know. Because that, that even goes against what's being taught today. I have a hard time wrapping my head around shit. I don't really talk about it because... I don't really know why, but I, I don't know. I just, and I, I don't have anything in specific to like mention, but I don't know. It's always so hard to just be convinced that, oh, this is reality. This is actually reality. What I'm reading on here is reality. What I'm reading on there is reality. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you can't, you can't verify it. Like it takes so much. Yeah. You know, like, even me, like, I can talk about a bunch of physics shit, you know, and maybe sound really smart, but, like, most of it I actually don't understand. Yeah. And I'm actually, mostly what I'm doing is just saying the names. <laughs> the yeah. names of things that people have made up. Well, then it and, also, it, it makes me equally mad then when people are, like, people who also have no fucking idea what they're talking about, but they believe in it are then always the first ones to be like, yeah, well, so-and-so said all this and that's why I believe it. And that's why, that's why you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and it's never yeah. a problem with being wrong. It's just a problem. And it's not even a problem. It's just like a, or I guess it's an issue with just, I guess, accepting one reality. I guess that's my issue. <laughs> Yeah, if people use, you know, like you, you have to, you have to take people's word for it because you can't verify everything yourself. Yeah. But, but also, if you're using it as an excuse to not be open, then that's just lame and that's not fun. <laughs> yeah. Like it, you should always be, in in fact, if you're so confident 
that your view is right, then you should be able to entertain any other yeah. and like, or deconstruct your own view or, you know, take and t- take criticism of your view and all those things. And look at it. Yeah. Analyze it. Yeah. And yeah, so we, I mean, we gotta, we gotta trust people though, <laughs> like, especially with stuff like physics. I mean, it's, it's too much. It takes a decade to, it takes decades for some people to get to the level of where currently where theoretical physics is. It's, it's just like a crazy marathon. Like it's, I, I can't even imagine like the people working on string theory, uh, yeah, just everything quantum is yeah, it's insane. But you know, even the people, the people of the past, you know, Einstein's Feynman, uh, Niels Bohr, like these people were geniuses. They were once in a century and they dove into these fundamental concepts, just like with such a depth and with such creativity and just consistency. It's, it's, it's mind boggling. Like we gotta, we gotta produce more, but also we need to produce people, people like that who are also open to you know, things that aren't just, you know, mainly pushed to the forefront and, and yeah. uh, or things like that. I mean, I've always had a thought, like, what if most, what if like every thousand, couple thousand years, we keep having these advanced societies on this earth, but we start to take things like looks and personality more serious than actual existential threats and then there's always just a reset button that happens to the whole planet (laughs) and all of the records are wiped everything is just like scorched or drowned or like frozen over and we just keep keep repeating it over and over again i've always thought about that like that would well, make that's like the simulation theory, basically. Yeah, but like I mean, just more on a physical level, like not like I don't know why I think simulation theory is so like sci-fi to me. I guess it's not. Well, I, I guess when I think of it repeating, that yeah. that just makes me think of simulation. Like you run it up to a point, like ah, uh, this humanity. You but know, what if that naturally? Because like naturally, that just happens to something like. Well, and what I mean, what I mean by that is like naturally it happens because we as people naturally start not giving a shit about the things that are actually important. And that just like over a slow time leads to this slow, painful, agonizing death of a species. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I mean is like, yeah, it not be like, yeah, it is reset, but it's reset by us unintentionally through a process okay what you're describing is exactly uh the great filter have you ever heard of the great filter Uh it's this idea that um okay have you heard of the drake equation no okay uh the drake equation is just like a way of like counting the stars and kind of kind of uh hypothesizing how many and if there's so many planets, how many of those planets could have life? So it's kind of just like a series of steps to theorize 
how many planets could possibly have life or how much life could possibly exist in the universe. Okay. So that's the Drake equation. And so the Drake equation and um, the, the Drake equation basically, basically makes it seem like that it's just so likely there's other life out in the universe. And in fact, so likely in the universe has been around for so long from what we can see that we should actually see proof. We should see evidence of other life, of alien life. And, um, and so the great filter is this idea that there's some process, like you're saying, some unintended process or result that every civilization is that actually, so actually all the alien civilizations are being created, but they reach a certain point of mass where they just collapse on themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you look around our universe, okay, it's, there's so much room, there's so much richness on our own planet, there's so much possibility for life, yet we look around and there's nothing here. So what do we, th- what do we make of that, you know? What are we supposed to think of that? Are we special? Are we the first? Yeah. That seems pretty, you know, and all those things, like you start to go down the list and you're like, ah, this seems unlikely. We're really the one out of a billion, one out of a trillion. That would suck ass. That yeah. would that would suck so much ass if lonely. we were the if we were the first ones and we were the ones who were setting the bar <laughs> for like other planets to to like exist for it to get better <laughs> like we got we got the shit end of the stick as a planet like yeah we we um, could have been born in like times where dragons were made up or some shit <laughs> or or real who fucking knows. Dude, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, if I mean, if there if, if there is a great filter, we're close to it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. That's another. Filter, we're within a. That's that's another thing I want to talk about on an episode, though. It could be my subconscious always fighting this thought, but I'm having a hard time believing it sometimes about like the Earth actually being in peril. I think I think this type of scare tactic is getting a lot of people. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not a denier. I'm not a climate change denier or some bullshit. But I don't know. I sometimes like to believe it's not as bad as they're making it out to be. Maybe they're doing that because if we get to a certain point in twenty to thirty years, there's actually no going back. Maybe there's some kind of filter on it or something for like the public knowledge. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, who fucking knows in this day and age of false or not false information? Uh, but that's like a whole nother loaded topic that we could definitely yeah. talk about. I'm definitely yeah. not denying things that are reality, for sure. There are things, there are better ways we could take care of this planet. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm always, like, skeptical when it comes to space and like man-made theories but like not not skeptical enough to just deny it except for like flat earth but like anything like you know what i'm saying like i'm not denying the existence of it personally i just it's so hard to perceive it sometimes whether it's about space or climate or any of that yeah, like asteroids coming down. Yeah, yeah. All the ice caps are going to melt in 10 years. Yeah, yeah. 
I definitely not denying that, but it's like either way. I think, I mean, I definitely think that we are having. I, it's absolutely clear, according to science, that we are having a negative effect on the environment. Mm-hmm. To what degree and how? All of these things are so hotly contested, and it's such a complex subject. It's just like it's impossible to approach. Also, it's really, it's really politically charged for people. Yeah. But I mean, one thing is clear: we are not on a sustainable path. Like what we're currently doing cannot last. Like either way, we have to change. We have to improve. We have to. Con- consume less or like consume you know more efficiently i mean there's so much that needs to happen in our population seeing in 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 a lot of ways so i mean yeah you know maybe that's the great filter maybe maybe it's yeah the climate specifically maybe it's impossible to like if you're thinking about like bootstrapping a a uh multi-planetary or multi-star civilization like the cost that it takes to like get your population up into space and get the resources up in space like maybe that destroys most planets yeah like the population size you have to have unless you unless you give a shit about that stuff when it matters yeah unless you start out like yeah yeah that's kind of what i meant like through negative effects that we have as a society which i think we do now for sure for people's own mental health at this point it's like people don't even give give a shit anymore it seems like uh yeah when it comes to filtering what they see and what their kids see um like yeah maybe it's just inevitable like you create these like kind of what we were saying in the first episode again or like even talking to Landon like you create these uh tools this this little tool this little toolbox in your pocket and it's just like spent on vanity and uh your existence is based on transactions and uh yeah consumption so it's like, yeah, I mean, that could be the great reset. Yeah, but that's kind of what I meant. Like, what if that was what the what happened to the Egyptians? What if that's what happened to a civilization like 6,000, 7,000 years ago? Like, what if just our history is just like, doesn't e- isn't even real? <laughs> like, it's just bullshit. Like, we just like, I'm like, yeah, this makes sense enough. And we just haven't changed it. Like, um, it, it, it could be, that's like in the, uh, that's like what Graham Hancock talks yeah. about. Well, I mean, not, not, not fully that, but just, especially with there. Egyptian, Egyptian stuff. That's definitely yeah. Yeah, what he talks about. It, it's actually older and there's actually like older civilization before then that's yeah. like cut off yeah. and, and, you know, all the ideas, like maybe they knew stuff we didn't <clears throat> knew more things about. Or like straight hidden sciences. Knew like, more about architecture. That's for fucking sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Some of the some some of the ancient. Stru- 
they still can't recreate today. Yeah. I mean, Pyramid Giza is, is an obvious one. Maybe they maybe they could kind of make it today, but like, it take for it take a long time and a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, I, I the Bass Pro Pyramid is pretty uh pretty impressive. I will say. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that at? I'm going <laughs> Yeah, is that in Memphis? <laughs> yeah, I remember that driving driving into Memphis. <laughs> that is uh, that is pretty uh, impressive. What if we kissed in the Bass Pro Shop Pyramid? Yeah, that's 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 a pretty impressive pyramid. It's up there. It's, yeah, I mean. I still it's, need to go there. I've never been there. Pyramid Giza? Uh, both Bass Pro and Giza. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to Bass Pro first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty optimistic uh, about like us making it through. I think that we made it. I think there was like less of a chance we made it from like hamsters to where we are now or like whatever like from dinosaurs got wiped out like yeah the journey from there to here was way 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 from the journey from here to spacefaring civilization yeah and like once like ah oh, we're so close like we we almost basically kind of have the technology like once we can get on the space we can take our eggs and put them in different baskets dude i think the only way we're ever this is also a completely other topic but i think the only way that we're ever going to achieve that is just fucking abolishing money and the concept that it's going to cost this much to go to space like if the concept of money was just fucking gone then we could i don't know maybe not but that's the I, thing I, like I, it I could disagree. be you disagree? Well, we'll have to we'll have to get on to I'll, okay. I'll just tell you this in short. If people were really greedy, if they were really really greedy, long-term greedy, they would want to get out into space. But the well, thing yeah. is, yeah. money, which I agree, there's a huge huge problem with like money and how we handle it, especially in America. But our money incentivizes short-term like gains and short-term businesses and short-term ventures that make you money and taking money and buying other assets and spinning it around in a circle and making money on top mm. basically not creating value like if we if we really had a sense of value and and you know rewarded that like long-term value really thinking term i think that yeah, like people would want to spend money and start the business and try and get. I mean, that's like what SpaceX is doing, but they're one of the only ones. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's it starts out small at first. Yeah, to to bootstrap like a, a full spacefaring civilization, that's a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I I think we can do it, but yeah, like America's not in shape. The world doesn't seem like it's in much of shape to be taking on that frontier at the moment but i mean i think we have to and i also think that it will invigorate us to do it uh, especially if we can team up together and, but that's a fucking 
topic and a half. It's a fucking hippie fantasy right there. <laughs> yeah. Team up and get along and go into space and be yeah. Star Trek. Yeah.